Welcome to the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series, exploring how data can help cities become more resilient, smart, and responsive to challenges. This series is brought to you jointly by Center for Applied Geomatics, CRDF, and by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council. Via this podcast series, we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use of data taken by various cities offering examples of good practices and lessons learned hi this is shelly gandhi from sept research and development foundation today we bring to you an episode on implementing integrated systems to scale up the urban resilience in this episode we have lavlin garg assistant vice president and head planning from gujarat international finance tech city india in a conversation with stephen fasmore ceo resilience broker joining us from london i welcome you both on this episode thank you very much shaley and it's wonderful to be here and part of the podcast series uh, i i'm really excited about the title uh, for this uh, this episode implementing integrated systems to scale up the urban resilience and i wanted to just touch on what we mean by urban resilience to start with and this is urban centers towns and cities that are resilient to recover from shocks and stresses that might impact them whether they're environmental uh, social or economic and one of the best ways of doing this because resilience is effectively the state of a system we can think of cities as interlocking systems or systems of systems so you can imagine the water supply system is connected intimately with the energy supply system and transport system is connected with the economic system with jobs and things like that and so one of the fascinating things that i find in this area of work is how to uh, develop cross domain knowledge or cross domain integration of of data to help those various different professionals and experts that work in those different fields to be able to communicate together and to collectively work to make cities much more resilient and robust against potentially um climate shocks and stresses and and so we talk a bit about urban intelligence which comes from cross domain aggregation of data and information where we bring stakeholders together especially proactive inclusion of marginalized communities and lessons learned from my own organization resilience brokers and also some work done in the Beirut Arab University's urban lab show that the importance of a collaborative approach involving multiple stakeholders for collecting and analyzing data and translating it into actionable policies with support of data scientists can never be overemphasized so i'm going to hand to um lovely thanks stephen thank you shelly for organizing such a wonderful podcast as we talk about like in india we are witnessing a very interesting journey from rural to the urban development our uh, indian government a uh, lot of policy intervention starting from the smart cities digital india policies related to to connect the city development with the data science it is one of the key in this area onwards we talk about uh, 
like uh, Stephen told, uh, the cities, it's a very systems and there's the more of systems within the systems in the continuation of the same. If you talk about Indian cities, which is very large, very huge, and they're just expanding as we are having a peer pressure on the cities and the people are migrating from rural to the urban. So uh, before we adopt the resilience in our cities, before that, we need to have our own mechanism so that we have a fixed data point in which the, the, our Indian cities are working on. If we talk about the smart infrastructure in Indian cities, where on the, the traditional ways of providing the infrastructure has been improved. And now we are talking about uh, the SCADA-based systems in terms of uh, utilities, providing utilities, so that real-time monitoring can happen in the cities. Because in Indian cities, we need to uh, move forward to at least matured our uh, basic systems that's fantastic lovely and and i completely agree with 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 those points um i i thought perhaps i might just touch on two examples from my work on the use of data science and how it can inform uh, policy making for making resilient infrastructure one of them in accra the capital of ghana and at resilience brokers we developed a integrated systems model called resilience.io you can find it uh, on the internet uh, resilience.io um, and what this seeks to do is to bring data sets from water from energy um, from transport from housing and so on and so on uh, and bring those together into a system that models both the population and their behaviors and it also models the uh, physical infrastructure and flow, flows of materials and goods within the cities. And then in doing that, what we're able to do is to create, if you like, a, a picture, or as you said, a data point of how the city operates. And then you can use all of this model to begin to test scenarios. And so when we worked in Accra, we worked with a wide range of government officials and with businesses and with community groups and academia. Um, who said the biggest resilience challenge that they faced in Accra at the time was on water and sanitation. And so we used the integrated systems model to ask questions about water and sanitation. And we were able to begin to tease out what might be the best, most effective approaches based on cost, based on the number of jobs that could be created, um, based on CO2 emissions. And we were able to use this modeling with a local technical group to look at decentralized wastewater treatment and centralized water supply being the most effective, uh, optimized, if you like, across all of the benefits. <coughs> and so that led to a water and sanitation master plan that was adopted by the, um, the, the ministry there. And the other area we're working on is with the International Science Council co-data group and we're developing something called a data knowledge action system. And again, what we're trying to do here is to, um, uh, uh, is to create a, a system that's scalable, that any city or, or municipality in the world um, would be able to work to uh, fair uh, data standards um, and to create a data knowledge action system in which the entire life cycle of data from which domain data is gathered and cross-domain synergies are created 
and also how data is analyzed and managed um, then provides all of the tools that are needed to inform policies uh, and actions. And uh, crucially, that any, uh, uh, any improvements or benefits that are achieved as a result of that is fed back into the system. And so that over time you build up a, we would use the analogy of a brain, um, an intelligent city uh, to be able to understand what actions are creating what benefits uh, in tackling resilience um, in cities. But maybe Lovelin, um, perhaps you could talk about a couple of examples uh, within the Indian context. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, I, I think that your example, which you told, it's a really a need for tomorrow. As we're talking about, we're witnessing the global climate changes happening. You know, and we have to ready. Our community has to ready to to face the challenges in future, whether in terms of high CO2 emissions, or maybe the climate change, maybe the weather we are witnessing, or, or maybe we talk about the the scarcity of drinking water due to change in climate or change in weather pattern has been witnessed, I think, across the world and in country we are witnessing. We were working on one of the projects of cities for climatic protections, where we talk about, you know, energy saving in, we talk about energy saving in, uh, you know, the intensities in terms of water supply, sanitation, and how we can make out, uh, we make the more efficient infrastructure. In the two decades, and now we talk about as on today, maybe the Gift City is almost where I am working currently. It's a decade-old concept which we, we try to implement. So if you talk about the Gift City where the all the infrastructure services, uh, you know, has been planned such a way where like uh, you talk about the decentralized pattern, you know, to, to got the more efficient systems which is uh, smart, I, I should say. And it, it's first of its kind in the country. We are talking about the uh, leakage reduction in water supply, in the sanitation uh, systems, zero waste discharge. We, we are able to monitor real-time informations related to consumption of the our resources in terms of power, in terms of water supply, in terms of district cooling systems, which is a combined uh, district cooling plant at a city level just to enhance the energy efficiency in individual towers or individual buildings uh, as well as we are, we are uh, able to monitor real-time uh, effluent being generated so that you know we can have a closed loop if you want uh, uh, if I the recycled water which I need for my district cooling systems how much water is being consumed and real-time I get information whether I will be able to supply it or not so, 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 like we talk about, uh, as Stephen, you give an example of Ghana, which is the big cities, and uh, we we have multi, uh, we have similar cities in country like that, and the Gift City is an example, is a model uh, city of uh, resilience urban development, we should say, and then uh, if we talk about the smart cities concept, which has been emerged out uh, in the country, is. Uh, from the Gift City, we have implemented the integrated systems and uh, we are operationalizing from last, uh, they are in the operation from last almost a decade. So, so we, are, we are able to understand what is the data point which we need in a city because the cities as a whole is a very huge uh, system. And the, the moreover, in my opinion, cities are open-ended open systems. Though in an industry or in a closed system, the closed system, 
So data points, integration systems is an easy task in a closed premises or maybe in gated community. But as a city, they are the open-ended systems. It's a bit difficult to point uh, to make integrated systems. That's our experience, you know. If you talk about to interconnect the end user with the with the city supply, which we're trying in the Give City, so that you know our buildings are smart, buildings are integrated, building management systems are there in the buildings. So we are able to uh, gauge out the real-time building occupancy, and accordingly, uh, the city services can be provided or maybe the efficiency of my city-level utility plants maybe tweak or maybe plant. So that's the way we are trying to achieve resilience in the gift city. I, I would love to visit the gift city. It sounds fascinating and, and love to see more information about it. I like your work there. Lovely. And you, you mentioned you. smart cities and yeah. and it's more of a, a conceptualization, but we see that the the really important real-time data that you talked about, for example, effluent or water levels or even energy supply in buildings and, and quite, you know, as well, air quality and, 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 and traffic and where there might be traffic in, in towns. All of this is sort of can be considered as real-time data and, and is vital for the smart city environment. Mm. And, and as I described earlier, the kind of the scenario planning, um, the modelling and the long-term thinking, which can use all of these types of data to be able to sort of plan what infrastructure to build where and how effective it is over 10, 20, 30 years and, and further. The kind of real-time data, you, you could almost imagine that that's the nervous system of the body. So within a city, it's basically all of that data is helping us uh, to run our cities more efficiently so that people can get to their jobs get to their schools, get home again, uh, they can have access to the energy and the water and the food and all of those things that they need. I find all of this area fascinating. I have a background in uh, smart metering and smart home energy management and building oh, management. <laughs> One of the yeah. things we've, we've worked on are called digital twins, um, mm-hmm. where, where we, would, we would create a digital version of a physical piece of infrastructure. So it might be a uh, a reservoir, uh, it might be a power station, it might be um, a wind farm. And what you can do is you can um, create a digital version of that by describing inputs and outputs for that that piece of infrastructure. And then you can use that and connect those digital twins together in a a scenario planning um, system. And as I said, an, an integrated systems model for cities. Um, but clearly, you know, this area is already fascinating and I think it should be of great interest to um, students and people that are coming through to learn uh, data science tools and techniques to be able to begin to apply those in the real world. But do you have any thoughts on uh, how um, uh, policy and, and education in, in data uh, is, is helping people to get into your line of work? Uh, yeah, Stephen has talked about uh, uh, the, the data-driven policy, as, as we are talking about. You know, So it helps for the city managers to uh, manage the city well. Uh, if you talk about uh, uh, the COVID pandemic, which we have witnessed you know, all over the world. So uh, as a city operator, uh, we were on 
and as our offices, the end users occupant, basically IT and fintech hubs. So they were closed down operations as per the Indian government guidelines, all the IT companies and uh, people were working from home. Uh, so in, in, in that time, you know, we could analyze the my end use consumptions in my city and accordingly I could run my plant. You know, so it, it has resulted in huge savings. So we could, we were able to make the uh, working policies for this uh, during the time of pandemic, how, how we should operate the city. So we have felt like, yes, that data-driven policies is very implementable and it's, it's uh, uh, the end users, it's really get impact to the end users. Not only in this uh, smart cities and uh, pandemic, if you talk about other examples, like uh, in building permissions uh, in the gift city. So we, we give building permissions also to my individual users. So, so generally we fall, uh, when we uh, we see how the turnaround times of, you know, approving plans and what type of information we need. Because, you know, giving a building permissions, it's a very complex uh, system uh, as the multiple stakeholders are involved. You know, the structural engineer, the contractors, maybe MEPF, uh, consultants so to bring together on a single platform so that you know we can improve our turnaround time so what i thought uh, the policies which we have make uh, on the basis of uh, uh, data maybe the time taken by individual guy and then which we have converted into policies uh, is has really affected us so it's ultimately give the delightness to the my end users and on the other uh, on the other uh, if you take another example of data-driven policies is uh, related to the, the town planning schemes, which we have very much popular in Gujarat. So there is, you know, the development happening in uh, Gujarat, uh, maybe the major towns in Ahmedabad, Surat, Baroda. We, we can say that all the policies related to the uh, urban development is based on the uh, true data where that we have the town planning uh, schemes. The very successful model of urban development. So uh, I, I feel data-driven policies is really helpful in uh, achieving a resilience and integrated systems. Uh, you can give some more examples about that. Ah, thank you. Yes, I agree with that. And I would almost turn it around and say that um, for us to be able to manage uh, cities in an, in an integrated way to tackle climate challenges and, and other resilience uh, challenges is virtually impossible without good data-driven uh, policy, but also skills. Um, and, and the abilities, I think, of, of officials to be able to um, translate or connect across uh, different domains and different disciplines. And from your perspective at Gift City, I'm sure you see how important it is for transport engineers to work with with uh, building engineers um, and building scientists and cities resilient 2030 campaign which is has over 4,000 city members um, and it's part of the United Nations Office of Disaster Risk Reduction and we're seeing a range of uh, what you might call data maturity uh, or data infrastructure within those uh, those cities all over the world um, but what's really clear is that all cities are beginning to recognize um, the need uh, for um, 
good, strong data systems, data policy, data literacy, uh, either teaming up with cities with more experience or are working with professionals who can bring in tools to um, support those cities. So I see a real optimistic picture on the global stage. You know, we're beginning to understand our uh, disasters, our, our risks, um, our climate impacts uh, as they apply to cities and, and where the majority, let's remember where the majority of people on the planet live now, we're an urban species. And so I see a very optimistic picture on the global scale. Thank you, Lavlin and Stephen, for illustrating the real-time integrated systems adopted in vivid cities and its impact on moving towards urban resilience. Thanks for listening to this episode from the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website, www.crdf.org, and follow us on social media. Please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast. Look out for the next episode and join us next time. Mm-hmm.